1: Winning cures everything. Now for your hosts, Gary and Chris.
2: Welcome in, Winning Cures Everything. It is Friday, January the 8th. I'm Gary. I'm Chris. And college football heavy show today. Lots of uh, bits of news and whatnot. It's not going to be a long show, but hopefully you guys are still tuning in by the numbers. It looks like it. So we certainly appreciate you for doing that. If you would like to join the show live, if you're listening on the podcast, of course, the show Monday, Wednesday, Friday uh, at certain points in the afternoon, whenever that might be. Uh, McKinnon jumps in already. Happy Friday, boys. He's on Facebook. You can watch the show Monday, Wednesday, Friday live You can be a part of the conversation on Periscope, Twitch. Uh, Periscope's going to be gone by April, so I guess it's just Twitter. Uh, It'll just be Twitter. But Periscope, Twitch, Facebook, and YouTube. Those are the four locations. Of course, you can always catch the show on the podcast later. Michael Fritz jumps in on Twitch. So we have two different platforms already that have popped up into the chat feed. If you would like to chat, of course, whatever platform you are on, it will populate right there in the bottom left-hand corner of your screen. And that is our little chat box there, where you can talk to each other. Uh, Auburn basketball fiend hashtag free Sharif jumps in and says, "Yo, well, yo, 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 what is happening?" So yeah, we've got Periscope, Facebook, and Twitch already. Now we're just waiting on somebody from YouTube. That's the way it goes. Uh, everythingcom is the website, of course. That's where you can find everything you need to know about us, everywhere you need to subscribe, everything else like that, where you can follow us on social media, whatever. Uh, If you are watching the show live, obviously, you already see all of that as well. And our college football gambling content is up at sbrpicks.com slash NCAAF. We have articles over there for the national championship game. We have a video preview where we break down the national championship game. And after that, there's going to be a lot more to discuss because there is no off-season in college football. So we will still be over there doing our thing so you can join in there on YouTube. Just search out SBR Picks or, like I said, go over to sbrpicks.com slash NCAF. Chris, um, we have not talked at all today. So we've got uh, a slew of subjects that aren't, like, massive things. Uh, the Yeti jumps in. There we go. And Obi Matt. So we have our YouTube. We have the the full quadfecta. Quad, is that the word for it? Sure. <laughs> all four of them. KCK, Desmond Ritter should have been the second quarterback taken in this draft. Hey, okay, we'll, we'll get into that. We'll get into that. No worries. Uh, but there is a lot of college football news. Let's go ahead and start it off with Michigan extending Jim Harbaugh. And the interesting thing about this is the fact that he took a five-year extension that pays him $4 million a year guaranteed. That is down from the eight or, or seven and a half, whatever it was. Uh, I mean, it basically cut it in half and told yep. him he's got to earn his money. I absolutely love this. Like not no, not for too. him obviously, but well, for
1: for him it's fair. It's yeah, no, fair it's, they it, oh, they absolutely. grossly overpaid him to get him to to leave the NFL and come to college. Agreed. Agreed. And and now now they they are giving him an earn-it contract, but this is also good for him too in the sense of if an NFL job comes open, the buyout isn't as bad because his salary isn't as big. Agreed. Uh, So the buyout is always somewhere on a scale equivalent to the salary of what that coach is making. Had some NFL team tried to steal him three years ago, it would have cost that NFL team a fortune, and now it just won't.
2: No, you are 100% right. Uh, Matt jumps in. He said, who was Michigan going to get that was better than him?
1: Well, here's the
2: – and that's that's a valid point, right? Because, the answer to
1: that is nobody, right, by the way. Right,
2: it, Now, you can talk about college football coaches that have done better over the last however many years than he has. The issue at Michigan is Michigan itself. The administration <laughs> yes. is the problem. The they, they ain't
1: done it there. That, okay. Look,
2: they had a chance to get out from under a coach that is not winning. They They had that opportunity because his contract was done after next season. The buyout is nothing right now. And instead of doing that, we see what Texas did. Texas had a perfectly reasonable head coach that was, you know, what, 32-18, and but looked like things were moving somewhat in the right direction. Maybe, we guess, it's the first year under new coordinators. Like, who knows, right? But Texas wasn't bad. Like, Texas paid $24 million to get rid of this guy because they expect championships. They expect to be on a higher level than what they are. Michigan, on the other hand, just paid a guy to come back that has not finished any better than, what, third in the division um, in his entire tenure. And it's, what, five years, six years at this point? That's the they difference thing. didn't finish
1: between... better than Penn State any of those years? I don't... Uh,
2: maybe that uh, Maybe that first year or the second... What, that, what was the, it, the year where
1: the Michigan State block punt for a touchdown kept them out of the... Like I think the Big Twelve title game that year or something.
2: The so the Big Ten championship game that the, the closest Ten, yeah. the closest that they got was the uh, the late call on what was the quarterback at that point? It wasn't Troy Smith. Who was it? Um, J T Barrett when J T Barrett ran yeah. it and he he got the first down on fourth down by inches that's
1: right that's, that's the right.
2: closest that they got but even then I believe because that
1: was, believe, that was this, but that's the same year as the block punt for Michigan State
2: right and Michigan State tied them in the race right. so they they were technically third so okay is what it is right um, they
1: tied for third
2: yeah yeah tied for third and that that's the thing. They have not finished better than third in that division. Regardless, the standings don't matter. They've had pretty good seasons under Harbaugh. They've had some less than stellar, of course, this year being one of them. But so McKinnon here, Michigan, I think is really understanding that their years of being an actual powerhouse in football is over because of their academic stance on athletes. It's not just the academic stance. They can allow in whoever they want to. It is the people that run the university don't care about football.
1: Well, but that's that's part of the academic stance, though, Gary. Yes, like, no, no, no.
2: You're, yes, that's hundred percent right.
1: I but mean, it, it's 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 non-football people messing up the football.
2: Yes, yes, hundred percent. Like they they could let in whoever they want to for football only. That's what Duke does for basketball. Right. That's right. They could do that.
1: That's right. Almost zero of those basketball players would make it into Duke if they weren't basketball players.
2: They also. Uh, do not put as much funding into the football program as their counterparts, Ohio State. That rivalry is dead. We've talked about it numerous times. Um, One school cares about football, the other doesn't. And this is even more proof that Michigan, who had the opportunity to go out and try something different, opted instead to keep a coach that has not proven that he has what it takes to turn that program around. But it's because they know. That they aren't yeah. worried about turning the program around, right?
1: Yeah, he he hasn't turned it around because he's not magic. Okay. Yeah.
2: Oh yeah, that's a, Matt said. Uh, he said weren't people complaining at one point that if Michigan and Ohio State were in separate divisions that the Big Ten championship game was going to be those two every year? Yes. <laughs> I mean, it, it's comical when you think about it, but uh, but yeah. So Michigan, of course, extends him, and and I think that this is the beginning of. A, a much bigger deal maybe a, a coming of age of coaches contracts now, well, yeah I, I, and possibly. I also
1: wonder does this going to help them get better uh coordinators as well because now hey you're not paying me eight million you know maybe maybe we can get up in the two million dollar range for 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 assistant coaches
2: possibly uh it depends on how much they they want to spend I mean we just saw Marshall get rid of a you know pretty good coach uh, because they didn't want to spend the money. And I yeah, wonder but Michigan's if Michigan's not Marshall.
1: Michigan's not Marshall, though. They're not. Michigan doesn't put the money in. Ohio State does, and Wisconsin does, but they're not Marshall.
2: That's that is true. Now there are incentives in this contract. It's four million dollars a year for five years, yeah. guaranteed, right? Yeah. Um But there are incentives that could get him to make as much as eight million dollars a year if that's he correct. reaches those incentives. And I think that's the perfect way to go about it. Coaches contracts—that's the way be I would
1: build every contract. By the way,
2: yes. If you're an AD, that's how you need to do it. Now you may not get the best guys right now.
1: Hmm. Um, because and I that, would, and I would, as you know, I would laden it with a lot of realistic incentives. I'm not saying you yes. got to win a national championship and you get four million dollars. You know, and if you don't, then you're just getting the you know the four that we already paid you. Like I, I would, I would make it a stepping stones type of thing.
2: Yes, yes, I agree. I mean, it's just. It, I loved seeing it because it it gave me a little more hope into people actually earning their contracts. Yes. Uh, And it kind of leads us into the next topic that I wanted to discuss, which is the investigation that is going on at the University of Tennessee where they're trying to figure out, and it it is the worst-kept secret at that university, right? Uh, Brown Yeti jumps in. uh, The Big Ten, where former powerhouses go to die, and uh, they're fed to Ohio State, Michigan and Nebraska to be specific. yeah, it's something like that. Um, I mean, we can, we can talk all we want to about uh, when all of the industry jobs were taken out of Michigan and out of the Midwest and all that, and all those people then kind of migrated to the South, and that's when the shift began. But yeah. you know, well, the shift began years after that. But you get the point.
1: You get the point. There's a the, the money left town, and therefore the you know the schools. Take they, about yeah, they ten years to reflect the income of money. You got it. You I mean, there's got a it. there's a delay there, but yes.
2: Um all right so so back to this the Tennessee football investigation into Jeremy Pruitt and the idea that there could be some wrongdoing etc cetera, etc cetera. Dan Patrick talked about it this morning that there is going to be a serious investigation into this this is not brought on by the NCAA this was brought on by the school and the compliance office themselves which lets you know and it's it's the worst kept secret in the world um it lets you know that Tennessee wants to get out from under the Jeremy Pruitt contract. If they were to fire him today, the buyout would be, what, $12.5 million, somewhere yeah. around there. The, the issue with that, because that doesn't sound like that much in the grand scheme of things when you look at what Texas paid and what uh, Auburn paid, et cetera, right? The issue is Tennessee is still paying dudes. They still have guys that they were paying from before. Like they just got done paying uh, Butch Jones, but they're they're still just contracts. They're still knee deep uh, financially, and they don't want to have to pay somebody if they don't have to. But they also understand that their football program is in a bad, bad way right now. Uh, I am curious about this because Kansas tried to do the same thing with David Beatty, and they still had to pay him a settlement. It wasn't nearly what they owed him, but they had to pay him a settlement. You have to wonder because they they went ahead. And it was announced this morning, I believe, that Tennessee has put a a hiring freeze. Or it might have been last night. They put a hiring freeze on Tennessee's open position coach yes. uh, jobs.
1: And, yeah, they're not they're not letting Pruitt hire that job.
2: And they are also not reinstating the contracts of the assistant coaches as of right now, That's right. which is also kind of crazy. And if there are open jobs elsewhere, you know that those guys are going to be jumping at them. That's right this is a weird time for Tennessee to be firing coach like I, I think what I gotta tell you what Kansas did was probably the smart way to go about it. If you think that there were NCAA violations, you go ahead and fire him. Just go ahead and fire him because it's this is not a contract set up like Gus Malzahn's where you owed him half of it within 30 days. like it's not like that in this situation, you fire him. And you, you pay, you know, the month-to-month buyout as you go on and then figure out, okay, now we we don't owe you anything else because of this NCAA stuff if you find it, right? Like, they, they have to believe that there's something there. Otherwise, they wouldn't do this, right?
1: Yeah, I got to think so. My other question is this. If, if Pruitt finds a better opportunity and he did not want to deal with this, can he just walk away?
2: So there is a buyout on his end as well.
1: I'm sure there's a buyout on his end well I bet that buyout's huge because he just re-upped yeah. for an extension last like this past August
2: uh Ben Laflam jumps in I heard Georgia might also be investigated also very surprising uh he was <laughs> he jumped in earlier uh let me see if I can find it but Ben uh Ben said wow I'm so surprised the Tennessee's paying their players through the back door wow how surprising look every SEC team is doing this, this well, yeah, is not surprising doing it. um and he, and he obviously gets that. He put the little eye roll emoji and whatnot. But, um, look, all, all the SEC teams are doing this. The issue is that the school is actually investigating themselves. That's what makes this goofy. If Pruitt had gone 7-3 and three this year instead of 3-7, and seven, there would be no investigation. They wouldn't even That's be true. talking about it. Phil Fulmer and the chancellor over there, which they have a new chancellor like every other year, it feels like, in Tennessee. But if they if they were 7-3, and three, or even 6-4, and four, if they looked like they were progressing in the correct direction, this would not be an investigation. They would have swept this under the rug. All those guys would have said, hey, sit over there in that compliance office and keep your mouth shut. I don't need to hear about this. And and things would have gone on as normal. That's right. Like, the stuff go- like they were talking about at Georgia, like, Dan Patrick, he was kind of wrong on a lot of that Big Ten stuff. I, you know, I, I believe the guys that are that are in Knoxville more so than Dan Patrick. That's not to say anything bad about Dan Patrick, but if the first thing that I'm hearing about an investigation into Georgia recruiting is from Dan Patrick, I'm gonna be wary of that. So you kind of feel the same way on
1: it? I don't know, man. No, I don't. I don't. I think I think there's a lot of reporters in the SEC that work for these schools that carry the water for the. I think a lot of college journalists do a pretty bad job. Not all of them obviously but I do think there's a lot of them that will carry the water for the school. Agreed. Agreed. And Georgia is one of those schools that's big enough to where they don't Alabama never gets bad press and none of this stuff ever comes up on them and there's a reason for that. People are highly compensated to keep their mouth shut.
2: That's uh, you might be right about that. I don't, I I don't know. I think Georgia,
1: I think Georgia's ran very similarly. Tennessee has its own problems. They 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 would be foolish to waste funds on trying to keep the media out. They don't have a media problem. They got a coaching and, and an athletic department problem.
2: This is true. Uh, your last to so Fix that. Your last that's crap. That's the difference. Oh yeah, no, that's that's a hundred percent, hundred percent the difference. Uh, what's up, Griss and Gary? Can never get enough of y'all. That's, uh, that's that. always nice to hear. Um, let's see. McKinnon says, to be fair, I'm quite certain Ohio State has more money than God. After going there for our NCAA championship and shooting, uh, I can honestly say they have the nicest and biggest campus with the best facilities I've ever seen in college. Uh, That's talking about the Michigan stuff. Yes. Yes. Ohio State's got so much money. I mean, it's just ridiculous. And they put it in their athletic department because they they understand that that's that's the front porch of the university. That's what draws people in. Uh, Matt said, I was surprised Bama was not upping their payroll to get a kicker years ago. Uh, then he said the SEC does not have a salary cap. Hey, uh, Stephen Gardner jumps in. Chris with the fresh shave. He said, go Brady. <laughs> it does look good. It's a, like you. this nice, shiny. I'm, I'm in with it. Uh, Michael Fritsch, every team has violations. The NTA just picks and chooses who they want to make an example of. This is Correct. 100% true. Uh, let's talk for a second about the uh, the College Football Awards show. And I have a question for you. Okay. Um so, this year, Alabama won eight awards, um, and it, it's becoming a common occurrence because the best offense in college football, so long as they are in the playoff, it feels like it's going to have something like this happen every year. LSU last year had seven. They won the Maxwell Award, the Walter Camp, the uh, Coach of the Year, the Best Defensive Back, the Best Quarterback, uh, the Best Offensive Line, the Best Wide Receiver, Da, 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 that was uh, – and the best assistant coach. That was LSU last season. Alabama won a lot of the same things this year. Best assistant coach, best interior lineman, best center, uh, best quarterback. You know, blah, 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 blah. Jamie Chadwell, our boy from Coastal Carolina, got the Coach of the Year award. Props to Good. that, of course. He, he
1: deserved. Well-deserved.
2: Yes, yes, he did. So, uh, my question is, what? I'm I'm almost – Curious, like, what is the purpose of uh, of even doing this stuff? If we're just going to give it to the the top ranked team with the best offense every year, like I know that these I, I kids don't, deserve don't think accolades. it's going to be.
1: I don't. I think we had this two years in a row. I don't think we're going to see this regularly.
2: That's don't get me wrong. Like, obviously, I I'm an Alabama fan, so like, I'm I'm in on thinking that the these guys are great. That, but the like, only award
1: that I don't agree with that Alabama got was the Broyles Award. So, I think all the rest of them are warranted. And if you've earned it, then you get it. But I don't think that's going to be the case year in and year out. I just don't.
2: I, I hope not. I hope not. Because if it becomes this the year of The Boils Award was a joke.
1: I mean, nobody in the world thinks that Steve Carcesian is magic because of this amount of talent. Okay? Yeah. Like, he, he just... It, like we, it was get, just a gluttony of talent, we, and and it should have went. It and it should it should have went to the defensive coordinator at Northwestern. That's that, we're biased, but that's the truth. Though also, there's not another assistant coach in the country that did what that man did with the talent they have. Yeah,
2: yeah, I'm with you. Uh, Casey jumps in. If Grayson McCall would transfer and go to Kentucky, they would be a playoff contender next year.
1: Grace it, it, Kay, Casey's always just slinging just. Crazy stuff. The, these crazy
2: hot takes. Kentucky, a playoff contender yeah. with, with a different quarterback. Like, That's insane. I mean, <laughs> what are we talking about? Uh, Brown Yeti said, you're saying that journalistic integrity is no longer a thing? It is not. It <laughs> is said, not. What? <laughs> uh, let's see. Kit Falbo said, it's not like most voters have time to do in-depth research either way, uh, talking about the voters for uh, these awards. I, I will say this. I voted in... Four of the awards because i have an FWAA uh, member, and like I, I went through and did my research. Like I didn't vote for all Alabama dudes. It like I I didn't vote for like best center, best quarterback, whatever. Like uh, the guy that I voted for for the uh, the Nagurski Trophy uh, was David Collins from Tulsa, and he ended up winning um, the best interior lineman. Uh, I had the kid from uh, from Coastal Carolina. I mean, I you yeah. know, I, or no the uh, the. The guy from BYU, uh, the the best defensive lineman was the, uh, what's the guy's name now? Uh, the, but the, the guy from BYU is the one that I had as best offensive lineman. Yeah. Um, you know, like, I, it just felt like there were, there's not enough uh, G5 players that are represented in these awards, and it just feels like it's the same thing every year. And when this was years. the
1: year that they should have been able to get some of that spotlight, but at the end of the day, you know, I mean, I don't.
2: I, I'm with you. I I know where you're coming from. I know where you're going with it, and I I
1: think I think it was acceptable. I think, yeah, I don't think we're gonna what what we saw from LSU last year and what we saw from Bama this year just happened to be back to back years. But every now and then there is a special team that is all time great. Yeah, and we just happen to have two of them back to back. I'll be shocked if we see this next year. Uh, I'll just be shocked.
2: No, I'm I'm with you. I'm with you uh, because we don't have a lot of uh, a lot of starting quarterbacks and and you know starting running but all that kind of stuff coming back next year. Uh, yeah. Oklahoma might be the closest thing because they are so young. Uh, McKinnon jumped in. Our boy Brady White got that hardware. Yeah, they got the uh, the Academic Heisman, which is the William V. Campbell Trophy. Uh, so Brady White from Memphis got that in his seventh season of playing. So <laughs> he's just been there forever. Uh, Obi Matt said the media needs to quit being the only vote on these awards. They just give it to popular teams and players. Yeah, that's kind of that's that's where I'm going with this. It's just a, I do I do
1: think that's a little bit of an issue, but I don't know who you've opened the rest of it up to. You can't let fans vote for this stuff because fans are morons. Well, I mean, it, we it, just are. We're irrational.
2: That's even more giving it to the popular people,
1: right? Well, yeah, because then there's the big schools with the most. I mean, you would get more. You know, some, some school would, would, you know, start some type of weird campaign and set up a bot to just, you know, click yep. somebody's name 9,000 times. And but. Some,
2: some of these trophies are voted on by, like, coaches and stuff like that. Um, you know, it, it makes sense that Kyle Pitts won the John Mackey Award for Best Tight End. Uh, the Lou Groza Award was Jose Boragallis uh, from Miami, um, which <laughs> I know Alabama <laughs> won a ton of them, but my God. Will Riker for Alabama did not miss a single kick all year. He was two out of two from fifty plus. Like, just give me a break. Give me a break. Yeah, um, but y'all didn't
1: kick anything. He didn't. He didn't make a single high pressure kick either.
2: But no, he never had to. And that's, that's so. so that's why. No, I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. Uh, your last crap. Will you guys be talking about FCS Division football when they play? Um, yes, because it'll be during the the spring and. We are going to discuss some of it. It won't be yeah. As let's say it won't be the whole
1: show, but yeah, we'll we'll be covering it.
2: Uh, Matt said it's like the Heisman goes to the most popular player on the most popular team. When an O lineman wins it, it will matter.
1: Well, um, that'll never happen. An O line will never happen. I do think that we could have a D lineman, a, a crazy elite. It, it won't be necessarily a D lineman. It'll be an edge rusher. Which
2: yeah, it's Chase Young. They don't like
1: to be put in the D line, but yeah,
2: Chase Young last year was uh, was close to it. Um, yeah, but the I, problem- mean, I,
1: well, I mean, I I mean, Indama Sue is the closest D lineman that I've ever seen come and get it, and I actually thought he was the most deserving that year. Oh yes,
2: no, I, I do agree with that. I do agree with that. Um, let's see, Casey, what needs to be done to force the committee's hand to change to eight or sixteen teams uh, in the playoff? Let's get this ball moving. Um, well, there's a lot. Uh, first off, the G five would probably well. So it depends on on how much money ESPN brings to the table in a few years. That's the first thing. Uh, if they don't bring enough and they say, all right, well, we're good at four, then you have to look at uh, suing the Power Five conferences or was suing about the I say,
1: you're going to have an antitrust and and, uh, and a monopoly loss yeah. if the G5 were to sue, saying there's a substantial amount of money available that's set aside. That's earmarked, and only these schools are allowed to play for that money. That's that's a viol- That's a violation of of, of financial laws. So, that, and so, so, yeah.
2: Somebody asked me about that on Twitter, and I I sent them an article that uh, Barry Trammell wrote for the Oklahoman years ago, and I say years ago. I think it was like three years ago that he wrote it. But in 1983, uh, the NCAA was dragging their feet as far as television contracts. Right, like schools wanted to be on TV more back in the day like 60s, 70s, whatever, there was one national college football broadcast each week. That's it. Like, it, looking at television nowadays, I mean, it's it's absurd. Yeah. Uh, but back then, it was only one, and there, there were less channels, there were less whatever. But uh, the way that that stuff happened back then is Oklahoma and Georgia sued the NCAA for the right to be able to make their own TV deals. Like, and that was just the schools. that w- Now, the conferences handle it now because it, if you package all of them together, obviously, you're going to get more money than you would if you're just one school. You can ask Notre Dame about that. You can ask BYU, et cetera. But um, the NCAA drug their feet on the television stuff. They were not ahead of the curve, just like they're not ahead of the curve with the NIL stuff right now, and they're not ahead of the curve with the playoff. Like, they don't... They are keeping the money for themselves... Not for themselves, but for... And this isn't the NCAA that's doing the playoff, but it's the same situation where getting more teams in, yeah, it might still be the same guys that end up in the championship game, but it still means more for these smaller programs to be able to get into the playoff and at least have the opportunity. Sure. That's that's where we're going to have to go with this, is there, there's going to have to be lawsuits. Like, those guys are never, you will never be able to pry a dime away from these big money schools and these big money conferences. Like, you're going to have to fight them in court over it. So, and and who knows? I mean, maybe they'll warn it. Maybe maybe something will happen. But as of right now, who knows? Uh, Casey says, bro, Kentucky was a quarterback away from being a top-10 team. Great defense, solid O-line, and running backs. That's just facts. Uh, not a hot take. Ritter will be better than Fields. Just facts. Uh, Kentucky was not a quarterback away. Uh, they, they did have a good offensive line. It was a good offensive line. Not a, not a great offensive one. line. Like, I, I, I love some of the pieces. Those, there will those, be are, those are
1: not facts. Those no. are not facts. Those are your opinions.
2: We saw Kentucky get dominated by Georgia. We saw Kentucky get dominated by Alabama. And it wasn't because of the the receivers and all that. That was part of it. But they got dominated in the trenches. Yeah, They were they there's, were. There's met. no
1: quarterback that could have fixed that.
2: Yeah. Vanderbilt scored 35 on them because they were able to run the football and Vandy was able to slow them down running the football. Like it, it is what yeah. it is. Uh, let's see, Michael Fritz. Totally off topic, but happy to see Mond leaving. Um, are you are you surprised by that? I think I think they're happy with the guys that they've got behind.
1: Mond. Well, I'm I'm pretty sure. Yeah, Jimbo has been recruiting that place pretty well. I mean, I would be shocked if he doesn't have you know quarterbacks behind him. Mond had a really good career. Was it great? No, but he was you know he's he's a has a really good career at a And M. A And M fans, they should be nicer to him. Was he elite? No, but I think he, I think he played the best. I, I think he gave everything he had at that school.
2: Yeah, no, I do agree with that. I do agree with that. Um, let's see. Your last crap said, don't be surprised if mind is Mr. Irrelevant. No, he'll get drafted before that.
1: Oh, I don't know. I don't know. But I, I, I yeah, cause I was thinking that he could be one of those undrafted guys. Yeah. Mr. Irrelevant wouldn't, wouldn't surprise me.
2: Uh, Casey said Kentucky quit against Bama. They didn't show up against Vandy. You guys just don't see it. It
1: just depends on whatever Casey's narrative is. (laughs) Whatever story he wants to spin, it's the way he's going to twist everything too.
2: I love Casey to death, but, man, this is some far-out-there QAnon stuff going on in college football. (laughs) Whoo, boy. Uh, McKenna said they're all afraid of letting one of the small schools in and getting upset like what you see in March Madness. It'll be some type of validation that the Power Five does not want to see. Uh, Yes, because then it's not just – Like, then you'll have more Gonzaga's,
1: right? But here's the problem. Even if it's the four seed, okay? So, we all agreed that Notre Dame was a pretty far step behind everyone else, which I don't agree with that, but that's fine. That's the argument. Um, Even if it's the four seed ever gets upset by a G5 school, not that I think they would ever allow a five seed to be a G5 school, but... They won't it, – it's a black eye on the sport. It's an indictment on who they allow in and their structures. He's exactly right. Yeah. He's exactly right.
2: Uh, Casey said, I'm telling you, watch the first quarter against Bama. Tell me they didn't quit after – Casey, I watched uh, just, that entire just, game. Just let's go on with the show. Um, let's see. Next one. Hey, uh, let's talk about Desmond Ritter. I know that this is a favorite topic of Casey's, but I do want to talk about the fact that he is coming back to school. He was a senior this season – but, of course, he has that extra gear of eligibility. He is coming back, and that almost that entire team remains intact. Now, the defense is going to lose a couple of key pieces, but they have recruited well enough under Luke Fickle to be able to replace those guys. Um, I have got to tell you, uh, I am really excited about watching Cincinnati next year. Now, Luke Fickle didn't come out and be like, yeah, yeah, we're going to be really good and all that kind of stuff. He just said, look, we've got we've got the kind of team that, that – He says what he's supposed to say. He's he's
1: saying the things he's supposed to say.
2: They have Indiana and Notre Dame on the schedule next year. I
1: was just about to say, we need to make sure they got a couple of big boys. Not not just you know Vanderbilt and Kansas. Okay, they're gonna need they're gonna need some skins to hang on the wall. All right, they're gonna they're gonna need some deer heads.
2: Indiana with Michael Penix and Notre Dame next year. Those are two big time matchups that they do have a shot in. Like, yes. I think they can win those games.
1: Notre You're, Dame's going to have a lot of turnover. They're going to have a turnover at the most important position.
2: This is true. Now, of course, Jack Cohn. we never talked about that. Jack Cohn, the the former Wisconsin quarterback that uh, yep. that got hurt before the season, he true. is, or he has transferred to Notre Dame. That's fine. So we'll see if uh, if he's going to play for them. He was, okay, he was efficient. We'll, yeah. we'll say that. He was efficient he was as Wisconsin's quarterback last year. Um you know, this year they obviously went through some stuff, but either way, but yeah, Cincy, uh, you you get Desmond Ritter back, and all of a sudden they got a chance. If they to run can, it back. I know we're
1: counting chickens way, but I mean it's a whole year away, and, and a million things can happen. If they can run that table, and they're left out, we we need. I mean, at that point in time, if you're Cincinnati, then you do sue. Yeah. Then you then you then you get the lawyers, you get the American behind you, you get the Sun behind you. You see if all these G five schools can come together and help you in a lawsuit, and you say this has got to stop.
2: Yeah, no, I'm I'm with you. Uh, Andrew jumps in. Feel like Ritter could really boost himself up to early to mid first rounder with another great season. Great decision by him. Yes, this year was slammed with quarterback yeah. prospects. We're gonna
1: have seven quarterbacks, I believe, go in the first round,
2: uh, or or at least close to it. Like it, oh, yeah, because it like. There's going to be seven drafted early. early. I, think, I think
1: there's seven drafted in day one. I really do.
2: That's I. I, really I think, think too you many might teams right. need a quarterback. Yeah,
1: that's the problem. And
2: and they have seen that you can win a Super Bowl by getting with a quarterback. A
1: or with a young quarterback with yeah. on a rookie contract. A rookie the contract. most valuable thing in the NFL right now is a quarter as a good quarterback on a rookie contract. hundred percent. That's that's more valuable than anything else on your team is a really good quarterback. On its rookie deal. Yeah. So, yeah. And if you draft them in the first round instead of the second round, so teams will move up to get those guys, you get a fifth year of control of that guy. That's crazy important.
2: Uh, McKinnon said, yeah, but if Cincinnati wins against Notre Dame, it'll be screams from the P5 saying, oh, it was a down year, they got caught off guard, et cetera. Well, yeah, oh, they no. Oh, that.
1: They're going to spin this thing to make it bad. If they run the they're going to sell it all they can to make it to downplay it all. Notre Dame if Notre Dame loses that game Notre Dame won't get a call the rest of the year. Yep. Every game they play, every they'll, they'll try to make them finish 6 and 6.
2: Yeah, Notre Dame's schedule next year
1: is brutal. But, but hang brutal. on Gary, they, like, they do this every year Oh, I know. and nobody gives them credit for it. Every year they play one of the toughest schedules in the country.
2: They're, uh, it, let me let me read it off. What
1: right two quick. or three years ago they played, I think, seven or eight games. How they only played twelve games total? They played seven or eight of them, more away games than home games, and they played all of them in the state of California. Oh but yeah, but that's how they recruit.
2: Hold on, check check this out. This is next year's schedule. They open at Florida State, which whatever, right? Yeah. Then Toledo, Purdue. Against Wisconsin in Soldier Field in Chicago. Oh my God! Uh, the Cincinnati Bearcats, of course, uh, the week after Wisconsin and the week. I have to find a ticket to that game. And then after Cincinnati, they play at Virginia Tech. They've got an off week. Then they play USC, North Carolina, Navy at Virginia, Georgia Tech, and at Stanford.
1: Yeah. Ooh. So hang on, that Cincinnati game that's at Notre Dame, right? Uh, yes.
2: But it's the week after Wisconsin and the week before they go to uh, Lane Stadium in Blacksburg.
1: Do we have dates on that, or just uh, weeks sa- one, two?
2: Nope. Saturday, October second.
1: That's uh, which one is that?
2: That's the Cincinnati game. Saturday, September twenty fifth is against Wisconsin in Chicago. Yeah.
1: All right, I might, I might have to. Might have to go to Chicago. I might have to find a find a way to break into that game.
2: Yeah, I can. Uh, I can get with you.
1: Those are two you. teams I've been wanting to go see in person for a long time.
2: Uh, Casey said, Desmond Ritter gets no respect. He would have gone to the NFL this year if the media didn't completely ignore him. It's not the media. It's not, it's It's not not that. It's not the media, man. There's just seven quarterbacks that are really, really, really good. And he's kind of shut out of that. Now he could have been drafted for sure. Oh, he would have been drafted. No doubt. Um, but and I don't at know the combine,
1: he would have put it up, but why go this year when you can go next year? And there might be a slew of quarterbacks that come out next year, but we don't know any of them's name so far. We're going into next year. knowing when we know Rattler and we know Ritter, that's yep. the list right now that what we know is going to be that elite top echelon guy.
2: Yep. And, and Sam everybody Howell,
1: else is going to have to come from nowhere.
2: Yeah, Sam Howell from North Carolina will be there as well. Um, but I, mean, I think
1: both of those other two guys are head and shoulders better than Sam Howell right now on what? the, you know, scouts have looked at and seen.
2: Yeah, you Yeah, you might be right. You might be right. Uh, McKinnon, just like when Memphis beat Ole Miss, the same year Ole Miss beat Bama, not saying Memphis was deserving of the playoff, but everybody just threw it out. Um, yeah. Well, Memphis also lost like three of their last four, so, like, that didn't help things. But Memphis started out ranked number eight, you know? Like, it. Uh, who knows? Uh, Notre Dame back seven nine years ago was getting railed for playing cupcakes because they were bad and no one wanted to play them. Uh, that, that was a little while ago, but they... That was the teams they, that they do. Were a, they do a
1: pretty good job getting guys to play them now. Um, yeah. So they haven't had a problem in about ten years. The I mean the last ten years they play a, basically year in year out. They play a pretty tough schedule.
2: Yes, this is true. Um, last couple of topics that I want to hit on, and we'll start with Auburn. Uh, McKinnon and I texted back and forth yesterday about Brian Harson. Well, they hired Mike Bobo as their new offensive coordinator. He was the interim coach for South Carolina and the offensive coordinator for South Carolina under Will Muschamp this season before Muschamp got fired. Uh, he was the head coach at Colorado State uh, before that for five seasons. And before that, he was the offensive coordinator at Georgia under Mark Richt. Um, that one is the one that does not make a whole lot of sense to me. Uh, on the other
1: side... Which, which one? Which one? The, I'm sorry.
2: The Mike Bobo one. Uh, the other... okay. The other hire is the defensive coordinator. That is Derek Mason. Now, yeah,
1: I was hoping he was going to hit the Baton Rouge.
2: I I think a lot of people wanted him to be there. Recently. Now,
1: I will tell you this. I will tell you this. We we got Cincinnati's defensive coordinator. I think LSU's this year. I know we're talking about Auburn now. Sorry, I'm being a little say, you're good controlling here. Um, I think LSU had to save some money. It does. seem I, like I that. think I think they were told you can change all these guys out, but but we're not doing any two million dollar contracts. You better go get some. Unproven guys with a lot of upside. And yes,
2: I I do think that I think that's what they did for offensive coordinator. Uh, I think that's what they are going to do with defensive coordinator. I I mean it makes sense because it, they they've done this once under Orgeron before Pellini, and that was when yep. they brought in Matt Canada, and that didn't work, and they ended up having to pay a huge buyout on him. Same thing happened with Pellini; they brought him in for a three-year guaranteed deal where he was being paid more than two million dollars a year, and they fired him after the first season, like. You you can't keep doing that and and failing right. on some of these hires. Uh, so but instead, I, I think I think the know.
1: DC I think the DC is good. I mean, he he learned under Luke Fickle and he's put that thing together and that's yep. he's built Cincinnati into what they were. Oh, uh, you you got that right. Is that a done deal? Has that been announced? Yeah, I think that guy's it. I think that is done.
2: That's I had I haven't seen it, but of course that like it. I have no, go ahead, so keep much talking
1: stuff. about Auburn. I'll, I'll go on. I, I didn't know the Mike Bobo deal was done, and that's why I, I was curious about their OC. Yeah, I'm with you. I don't, I don't dislike Bobo, but I don't think. But I mean, Bobo, where he was no at at South Carolina is kind of the quality of job. I would think that he would be.
2: Yes the the Bobo thing, like the reason it doesn't make sense to me is how openly he talked last season about wanting to huddle and wanting to uh, slow things down and all that kind of stuff, that's not what wins football games anymore. That's not what Brian Harson does. Like, it, that's... They're, they're so... Now, the funny part about it is that Bobo was rumored to be the offensive coordinator for Kevin Steele if Kevin Steele's coup actually worked, right? So, where you thought that Auburn was coming in and, oh, the AD is the adult in the room and they're going to let them make their own hires and da-da-da-da-da, all that kind of stuff, they never like, they're still not gone. There's still rats in that kitchen, you know? So, it, it feels like this was more of a booster hire because he is one of those uh, SEC lifer kind of kind of guys, right? Mike Bobo's been around the SEC forever. He played quarterback at Georgia. Uh, he was an offensive coordinator forever at Georgia. Uh, then he goes over to South Carolina with a Georgia guy. Um, you know, at, and now, the other side of this is he did coach against Brian Harson when he was at Colorado State, and he did put up, like, 52 in one of those games. And, he like, they were able to score on Boise even though he lost to him every single time. Uh, it could just be that Harson really appreciated, like, his schemes. But the fact that it was the same guy that was rumored to be the OC under Kevin Steele kind of makes you a little suspicious. The Derrick Mason one is a wonderful hire. Derrick yeah, Mason is a fantastic yeah, defense coordinator.
1: I, I think he got priced out of the LSU gig because of, all the money they've spent with Polini. Um so Marcus Freeman, I couldn't think of the guy's name. Marcus Freeman, it's it has not been official yet, but he is he flew down like two days ago to Baton Rouge and he hasn't left yet. Yeah, he's so.
2: he's rumored to be the dude and and it would surprise me if he's not because he's done I think a they're really probably just
1: job. working out contract now if he still hasn't left Baton Rouge. You don't you don't stay and hang out in Baton Rouge for three days because there ain't a whole hell of a lot to do in Baton Rouge. This
2: is true. It's not far from New Orleans but you know. Yeah, but I, yeah,
1: no, I don't. Anyway,
2: <laughs> I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. And I, finally, I don't
1: think he's a turn it up in New Orleans kind of guy. Maybe he is. I don't
2: know. Who knows if he is? Uh, I think he'll
1: fit well. You know, but I will. I will like. I will like that hire. I'm. A, I'm. A, I've kind of mentally already chalked it up, and so I'm going to be disappointed now if it doesn't happen. <laughs> um,
2: so. um. Yes. Let's see. Uh. So the last thing that I want to talk about: Ryan Walters, former Missouri defensive coordinator. Um. And, and by former, was just the defensive coordinator this year for Eli Drinkwitz. Yep. Um, I didn't think Missouri was, was awful on defense considering what they had coming back after, you know, the year prior. Um, he is now the new defensive coordinator at Illinois under Brett Bielema. Tell me what... So, there's only two things that I could see because this is a pretty lateral move, and I doubt that there is more money involved for him at Illinois than there would be at Missouri. Although, maybe I'm wrong about that. But either way, uh, I think that there's two reasons why he would leave Missouri. Either one, he did not get along with the head coach. Or two, the head coach did not think he was doing a good job and told him to find something else. That's that's what I feel like.
1: Uh, well, there's, a, there's a third option. Missouri is working really hard to up their facilities and, and put more emphasis on their football program. I think Illinois has made football more of a priority than than uh missouri has and and if you think a he saw the offenses and kind of a weird down covet year of the sec and he looks up at the big 10 and thinks well life is a lot longer up there nobody's hanging <laughs> 50 on you up there unless you rotate in to play uh, ohio state that is All true right? and and so defensive coordinators keep their jobs just substantially longer and then also, we don't know that he doesn't have any time. I mean, I would I would need to go through his resume and see where he's been. If if you got a coaching job somewhere, and and I was already coaching somewhere else, and you called me, I'm leaving where I'm at. Like if they, we don't know that these people don't have a relationship already, that's that's true. That and and true. so that's always if I don't know that it's always a I'm not pleased with you thing. I think Drinkowitz. I think I think Drinkowitz. Should have been insanely pleased with everything that happened with Missouri football this year oh, because yes. they overachieved at an incredible level, and I, I would be really proud of everything that happened there if I was on that staff at any position. The it, this could be a situation though where the DC looked around and said, "This is the ceiling." Though I've seen this conference, oh, I yeah? know what happens here, and and this is the ceiling. Oh not no, the one hundred percent. 100%. And that's that's the that's the thing. Um, so the, you know, yes, I do believe it's a lateral move. What you said in a scenario could be true. There could also be a lot more things to that, because I just once again, I'd, I'd, I'd want to see the money and I want to see the money difference. But you know, I don't know. I, this- I would just. There's a I, lot I, would, I gotta assume there's there's a Brett. I'll tell you this. I don't know anything about Eli Drakewitz. I don't know anything about that man. I feel like I know a lot about Brett. I wouldn't mind working for Brett.
2: That's a that's a very valid point. That's a but very that's, valid
1: point. That's from what I see at a distance. That's all.
2: Uh all right. So so we're gonna run through the uh the comments before we get out of here. First off, uh Casey said Kentucky versus Georgia was 14 to 3. He said, "Grayson McCall wins that game, and Georgia is a top ten team." Right? Uh, they, don't forget, Kentucky also lost to Missouri twenty to ten. So, you know, if we're talking about that, is what but it if is. they
1: had Grayson McCall, they'd have won that game fifty to twenty. So, I don't know what you're talking about, Gary.
2: I, yep, I guess. Right? I don't know. I, 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 I want. I, we're just so, making stuff up now. I so want Casey to to see reality because Grayson McCall is great in the offense that Jamie Chadwell runs. They don't run that at Kentucky. So you I,
1: must, you must, Gary. the The only advice I know how to give somebody like this is you can only face reality on reality's terms. That's it. I That's right. it. You you can't make reality what you want it. You have to accept it for what it is.
2: Uh, Kit Falbo said. So when is the back twelve going to fire Larry Scott? Uh, at this point, I have no question. idea. But I will. I will tell you this: Whenever it happens, it happened about two years too late, maybe yeah. longer. Yeah. So I mean, it's just ridiculous. Um. McKinnon, our resident Auburn fan, what pisses me off is the boosters that irritated Freeze, uh, sorry Hugh Freeze, uh, by wanting to keep Steele, but now Steele's gone. So what the hell? Those boosters need some uh, some kicks in the nuts. Uh, well, I mean they're still giving money to the university, so I mean they still kind of run the football program. I, you know, what are we what are we gonna do? Uh, Anthony, by the way, jumps in. It's re- uh, reported that Harbaugh has no buyout.
1: Uh, I, I'm gonna bet that was part of his new deal. Yeah. I'm going to bet if you want me to take this thing and cut it in half, I'm willing to do that, but I don't want to buy out. Yeah. I mean, hey, if you're the university, you just save $4 million a year. So what is the buyout anyway? Yeah,
2: it really doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things. Y- y- If, if, it's if, a if somebody was to
1: hire him away in two years from now, you've already saved $8 million in, in just the regular contract. It's okay. It's fine.
2: It, it was a concession on on one side to have the other side more favorable. That's right. That's that's, 100% that's right. I what it think is.
1: his contract might be the perfect contract for big boy college football. I really do. And your and your Nick Sabins, your Dabo Swinney's, they'll never agree to that. But I do think it's the perfect contract. I'd be willing to pay a coach twenty million dollars a year, but it's all got to be incentive laden.
2: Yeah. Uh, Anthony said, does that mean that he's done next season? Oh, it Who, depends homo? on what he does. If if they have another season like they did this year, maybe.
1: No, maybe that doesn't mean. Hang on. Oh, buyout means that's what another team has to pay them to fire him or to for him to leave and break the contract. I they're, guarantee they're still you, a buyout if they on fire him, he he is owed four million times five years.
2: I'd be willing to bet that. I'd, so, I'd certainly so no, be willing to that,
1: that. that. doesn't mean I can fire you and buy you out. That is, what is the price another team has to pay the university to break the contract?
2: Um, finally, last one from Anthony. Um, and we'll we'll get out of here after this one. He said, do you think Pat Fitzgerald jumps ship with all the changes at Northwestern?
1: Man, I hope not. But if he does, Northwestern's going to be in a world, world of hurt.
2: They So, if he does... That is a very interesting scenario because obviously, like, the AD is now the new um, the new commissioner of the ACC. Um, his longtime defensive coordinator just, just retired. retired, and yeah. they just hired a new offensive coordinator, so he is surrounded by people that he doesn't really know. So, if he were ever going to do it, this feels like the time to do it. However... This kind of feels like Fitzgerald is going to be a lifer at, at Northwestern, and it would be the first time that we have seen it in four.
1: Now, ever. I don't think he's leaving for another job in college, I think the um, NFL.: Yeah, for the NFL, but the kicker is is the one NFL job I think he wants isn't coming open this year. Yeah, it appears that the Bears are going to stick with Nagy. And well, I mean, yeah, if they yeah. make the playoffs, it's hard to it's hard to. Only one team that I can remember in my life ever had the balls to fire a coach after the playoffs, and that's our Tennessee Titans, and it was a hundred percent the right move. Yes,
2: Mike Mularkey did not belong as the head coach there. Um, and and and, and, and Vrabel been has
1: been just the absolute godsend that you could ask for for a football coach.
2: You are correct. He's not perfect, that.
1: but I'll take all his flaws. Oh, so 100%. Um, that's that's the problem. Is 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 I'm think is he going to take the Lions job? Is he, would he take the Texans job? Hell no. no, no, no now no. maybe he'd take the Lions job. I don't know. Hey, I Anthony, don't know what makes Fitzgerald tick.
2: Anthony I, jumps in. By the way, he said uh, Bears will uh, will fire everyone if they lose on Sunday. It's it's out there.
1: Oh so apparently it's been Now that happens, I do think I 100% think cuz so I listen to Tony Kornheiser's show, all right? That's that's my favorite podcast that I listen to. Tony has his best friend Mike Wilbon every Monday on the show and Wilbon is, has made it clear Pat Fitzgerald grew up in Chicago. He loved the Bears far before he ever fell in love with Northwestern yeah. far before he ever chose to that, that's that's something that happened as a child and i've talked about this with you your your love from your youth that's a different kind of love when you fall in love with something at 4 or 5 6 years old and you and you love it your entire life there's nothing that can ever happen to break that bond no you're right about that
2: you're right about that, Casey. By the way, last one he jumps in. I was in Grassland when I said Bears make the playoffs too, Casey. You also said the Eagles were making the playoffs, so
1: <laughs> yeah, he he forgets so. all the. If you throw enough crazy shit out there, we live in a world where crazy shit happens. Then then some of your stuff is going to be right, but man, we don't bring up all the shit you got wrong, and Casey. that's okay. It's hey. not that's <laughs> not our uh, for us to do. But I'm just telling you.
2: This is the Kentucky thing's a little far out there, a little far out well, there.
1: Well, th- here's the problem: it's easy to say that because we can never go back. We can't replay last year with McCall. Yeah, we just can't do it. So no,
2: you, you're right. So it's definitely not a he's, he's
1: always right, and because Ritter is, and because Ritter isn't going into the draft, we'll never know if Ritter's going to get drafted before Fields. He's always he's going to live in perpetual rightness the rest of his life on those calls because we don't know.
2: It's and hey, when you can do that. When you live in perpetual rightness in your own mind, that makes you a much more confident person. And I'm yeah, all for it.
1: It's a little delusional though.
2: Hey, you know what? Maybe maybe this world needs a little more delusion.
1: Maybe. Uh I don't I am <laughs> gonna I'm gonna grossly disagree with you on that. <laughs> all Holy right. shit. It's it's Friday we afternoon. We need to face reality on reality's terms, Gary. <laughs> maybe maybe you're right. I don't know what's I don't know what's
2: right in this world anymore. Anyway, so well, I, I don't either. But I'm just is.
1: telling you, we we can't we can't live in delusional land.
2: You're probably right. All right, Casey, we love you. We appreciate you. Everybody else that jumped in today, we appreciate you guys as well. You have been fantastic, of course, driving the conversation. A lot of these questions we would not have thought to uh, to even ask. So we're glad that you did. Um, and we will continue on through the weekend. Of course, Damien jumps in. Nagy and Pace are not leaving Chicago, no matter what happens. Uh, Who knows at this
1: point? I think Damien's more right. I don't think Chicago has the stones to fire a coach that made the playoffs. I just don't think they do.
2: They might be right. They might be right. All right, let's go ahead and dive out of here. Of course, winningcureseverything.com is the website. You can find everywhere that you need to be subscribed over there. If you would, subscribe to the podcast. Leave a nice five-star review over on Apple Podcasts. But we are on all of your other podcast platforms. And, of course, sbrpicks.com slash ncaaf for your college football gambling content. Um, SBR picks on YouTube is the, the thing that you search for. So go find that over there. Our national championship preview is up. And by the way, uh, we've got a championship game on Monday and we will be here on Monday to discuss that along with everything else that happens over wild card weekend. We hope you all have great weekends. Take care of yourself. Take care of each other. And we will see you again next week.
3: Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for 4 dollars each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.